Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Housewives Archives, a podcast where we discuss in great depth all things real housewives. My name is James Evans, and she just got off the phone from Newport Imaging to triple check that they stopped doing PET scans for non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. It's Ellie Nunn! (laughs) That I did, James, that I did. (laughs) Call me the Nancy Drew of Gunnersbury. Megan King Edmonds would be very proud. Ever since following this storyline, literally every time anyone tells me they're unwell, I'm like, we'll see. We'll see if you're sick. We'll see about we'll that. We'll see if you're... It's mm-hmm. actually been very unpopular. <laughs> uh, <laughs> with, with with friends and family. Turns out that everyone is sick and uh, people don't appreciate you uh, calling up their doctor. Without like, kind of like going into the deep end with no foreplay whatsoever, I just want to get that out of the way first. Just how ballsy it is Love it. of Megan King Edmonds to Love it. <laughs> imply that someone's faking cancer. Obviously and we have the right. of hindsight. That's that we know what's that incredible right. is that exactly is that it's just like what are the odds? It's so when you think about like Lisa Rinna's Lisa Rini. When you think about Lisa Rinna's Munchausen's thing, like she even did like bring up the 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 idea that someone might be faking being sick or whatever. Rather than yeah. imagine with like Yolanda's Lyme disease, if someone had just been like, I'm gonna call her doctor. I'm gonna go through her records and her meds or whatever. Where it's like, how amazing for the show to hit on someone that's that good at the show to come straight in and go, I don't know, I'm going to check and see if he does have cancer, because this doesn't sound right to me. Um, Actually, I don't think that's correct, Vicky. Um, Just in that, like, very boring, mundane Eeyore Gina Keogh voice as well, constantly being like, um, that's actually incorrect, um, because I checked, and blah, blah, blah. But also, she's so dull from that point onwards, because you can't really be... (laughs) Coming in and literally off the back of just someone saying that they're oh. stopping chemo, being like, mm-hmm. mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure about that. <laughs> and it's so funny because at first it, really it is a bit mad. And then it's just like, this might be my favourite household storyline of all time. I just am so excited to talk about this. It's a combination of something that is so lightning in a bottle that all these life-changing moments aligned with the introduction of this new housewife that no one suspected would go to such high slash lows. And also, it's the reward as a viewer of watching Brooks's five-year grift at this yes. point and finally getting his comeuppance in the form of Megan King Edmonds, of all people. Exactly, because it feels like the kind of storyline that could have been a one-season wonder, a bit like it feels like the kind of thing that might have happened with Amber and her like ratty husband on New right. Jersey, where it's like people who come in and just immediately it's like try and go with like a massive storyline and then get called out for it. And then we never see them again. But you're right that like the build up yeah. is so rich that it's like we've seen this man like insert himself from so early. And of course, it's Vicky as well. And there's just something so satisfying about her 
this weird lispy sort of I just I just need to be loved I just need to be held and t- it's weird it's a bit like Ramona's whole thing of being like I need a man I just want to be held and night and I just like yeah. this thing of so openly being slightly look don't get me wrong I think that there should be nothing wrong with someone admitting that they would like to be in a relationship but like the way they talk it, it does sort of set feminism back sort of 50 years the way that some of Vicky's reasonings for this whole thing of just being like I wanted to be held and I wanted to be touched and loved and like (laughs) she wanted a casserole that's all she wanted that's all she wanted shall we say hello to each other first quickly yes sorry we really we got overexcited and jumped the gun hello happy birthday thank you so much from the other day how was it it was delightful my uh I couldn't think of a word to describe my boyfriend except for delicious and it felt like a really weird thing to say so I just had a like slight Mm. aneurysm there (laughs) it's just like (laughs) my um (laughs) my made up boyfriend from camp (laughs) from Canada uh, cooked curry for like 12 of my friends it was quite intense he showed up with like 12 saucepans um (laughs) one each Uh, it was was a bit like a catering company turned up at my house on my birthday (laughs) right yeah and I had to sous chef he he made me make my own birthday cake and he was it was very like yes boss he was quite a hard ass in the kitchen and then one thing led to another there was flour everywhere and you made love right there and then in the kitchen exactly (laughs) right yeah we've all been there before absolutely been down that road Mm -mm -mm. it was yeah it was very very nice and then it was like the Easter weekend and things like that around the same time so and the sun's come out here and there are little lambs frolicking around and daffs it's very and, spiritual mm, time you know the yeah. lord he hath risen Lovely. so mm-hmm. what a delight what about you uh i went to florida for a brief getaway over the weekend it's my happy place and james's bad travel energy oh strikes God. again where i was due to have a 6 a.m flight <laughs> so woke up at four got up got ready got changed was fully awake had my key in the door to lock it as I was leaving and then checked my emails only to be told that the flight had been cancelled. Oh my God. And had been moved to a 7pm flight. So I've now lost 12 hours of my trip where I was only going to be in Florida for like 48 hours. No. And I was like, cool, actually this is great because I woke up with one of my eyes really (laughs) red and blotchy again. And I was like, have I got eye herpes all over again are we doing this today so i was like all right while i'm at it i'm just going to casually go and get my pupils dilated again because i'm a glutton for punishment so then was like rendered blind for the rest of the day and then decided to go to the airport for this later flight and got on the wrong plane on the wrong plane all of a sudden i'm in nicaragua and i don't know where i am don't speak spanish so and i'm still there to this day maybe held hostage Uh, People still dilated. (laughs) (laughs) They won't go back. I've done it one too many times, Ellie. But no, and we were taxiing. This is like the boring part of the story because no one really cares about travel (laughs) stories. But like we were taxiing for like four hours. And then it got to a point where legally they had to take us back to the gate to get everyone off, to like stretch our legs and then get everyone back on. And then we didn't leave until 10 p.m. that evening. So I didn't land in Florida until one in the morning. And then basically, I just had time to like get up, go for a stretch, walk around the pool, and then get you back are on the kidding. Plane to come back to New York. <laughs> that is one of the most depressing stories. Was... <laughs> I can't believe you still went. I think me being rendered blind 
impaired your decision making that yeah that gave me a sense of peace something washed over okay. me because i was so sensorily i don't know what deprived <laughs> just unaware of everything i just like let it all wash over me do you remember the time I just went with the flow i was coming to new york and i got to the airport there's a whole part of the story that i can't even be bothered to tell but where i had an audition just before my flight so I'd already had to set up my family was doing like a chain thing of like one person was like picking me up from the audition in the car to drive me to the tube station to get to Heathrow and my mum was waiting with my bags to like hand it it was we had to I only had like an hour to um Mm -hmm. to get the plane and I turned up at Heathrow and they were like hmm you don't seem to have a seat on the plane (laughs) it's what everyone wants to hear (laughs) And then yeah. the words you really want to hear, which is, okay, we've downgraded you. <laughs> and an extra charge. <laughs> Premium economy to economy. Which, you know, Great. was fine. And then we sat on the plane and uh, I definitely said that it was fine with like the most pained look on my face. It's fine. It's fine. There's actually no belt on your seat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> sort of on the wing. Yeah. But you could be fine. Just hold tight. Um <laughs> And then we got on the plane and we also, ta- we did the thing of, oh no, we just sat on the tarmac for like two and a half hours. I like watched a whole film. And it was that weird thing where I didn't really notice that we hadn't taken off for ages. And then suddenly about halfway through the film, I was like, we're still on the ground. And film ended and uh, turned out that the co-pilot had had a heart attack. <gasps> Oh, God. <laughs> he was fine. He survived, but very lucky that that happened on the ground. Indeed. Why did they wait two hours to tell you? Um, I don't know. (laughs) Can't answer. Making King Edmonds is on it. (laughs) Exactly. She's like... I am a warrior for truth and justice, <laughs> and I'm going to... No, blah, 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 blah. Well, anyway, I, shall we, we shall. I've been really enjoying OC mm. to the point that mm-hmm. I actually stopped watching all... All of Love is Blind? Yeah, I didn't. I haven't been watching Love is Blind. I haven't been watching... I, oh, I stopped wow. right, w- watching Round at First Sight Australia for a bit because... Mainly because I've just not been watching as much TV. Also because my boyfriend does not want to watch trash tv and we're not at the place yet where i've been able to win him over and so it's limited mm. the time i have you'll wear him down you'll to get watch there eventually. all of the crap tv that yeah. i need to watch <laughs> um so when i have had time i've been watching oc and mm-hmm. i am up to ireland oh it's a great trip so I bloody love that season i'm really enjoying that have you got to the bit where they go milking cows and vicky gets her tits out no but thank you right. <laughs> got that to look forward to spoiler alert um, but yeah, I've been really enjoying OC, partly because of the transparency of people like Vicky and Tamara, the way that they do the show. They're so heavy handed. But you've also got to admire the skill. Completely. They're sort of geniuses. And especially watching Vicky come back from this cancer scam thing. Like, it is kind of extraordinary. And basically just watching her like ply Tamara with just tequila <laughs> to constantly be like she's back my girl's back and it's like we're it's it's so funny it's one of those things where watching the shows now you're like oh wow times really have changed seeing Luann turn up to that Halloween party in full blackface and a massive afro wig oh my god that wouldn't fly <laughs> nowadays. No. I don't think nowadays, if someone were to fake having cancer, they would still have a place on the show. It's really incredible watching Vicky claw her way back into the cast of Graces. It is amazing. And it is amazing. There's so many 
I mean, this is what I can't wait to get into, but not only to get into Brooks's side of it, but Vicky's sort of involvement and just all the layers of that relationship and also sort of to look back and think, is it a product of its time that the things that very openly came out about stuff that Brooks has said or the behaviour he was doing and he was still allowed on the show Mm -hmm. to continue being a part of it, forget even the fact that they stayed in a relationship... Is that mm-hmm. a product of its time? And is it that, like, if that happened now, that would never be allowed to keep going because we'd be so hyper-aware of the toxicity of it? Or was Vicky aware of that being quite a hot topic? And is there a degree to which Vicky's out for the whole situation was to suddenly and quite sharply go, yes, I was being controlled and therefore I, I'm... Mm-hmm absolved of any involvement are you yeah does that make sense are you saying uh, do you mean like in the context of me too and just no i just i just mean like brianna's saying sort of i just feel like it's really strange that the show has so much evidence of appalling behavior from brooks that is basically it's not condoned by the show but it's not actively addressed otherwise he wouldn't be allowed to keep being on the show Mm-hmm. And it feels like there's a sudden shift when Vicky... Behaviour that Vicky has been dismissing for like two mm-hmm. series as not worth... She hasn't necessarily been dismissing it as not true. She's just been saying it's not judgment worthy. There's like a very sharp yeah. turnaround of being the victim in it in a way where I wonder yeah. how much awareness there was from Vicky that that was quite a... Um, uh, I feel really bad saying this because maybe she was in a terrible situation, but it was quite a like clever way of turning mm-hmm. the situation. Okay, interesting, because I was actually going to say, and I don't want to sort of get to the end of the storyline before we've even sort of addressed it, but I felt like at the reunion, she played it really badly because she... I felt like the women kept giving her an out of saying, was he controlling you? Was he abusive? And she was very quick to be like, no, he wasn't. Don't be silly, Brianna. He's never been physical with me. And she also was very proud of the fact that she was a smart businesswoman and she would never be taken advantage of. And she's never that naive that she would fall for something like this. And in doing so, she kind of... No, I agree. her own grave. So that's completely true. But then there's that whole bit where she's suddenly like, I'm scared of him. And it feels like a very sharp turnaround of being like, I don't know, I feel like she couldn't decide whether she wanted to play the thing of being like, I'm too smart to be taken advantage of. But then she sort of says the complete opposite of that where, and it doesn't feel to me like one of those like Taylor Armstrong situations or something where someone doesn't have the vocabulary to explain. I feel like Vicky does sort of have the vocabulary and slightly picks and chooses where... I don't know. It's it's really it's a really tricky situation with something like that because obviously there was a lot of pain in that situation. But mm-hmm. sorry, like you said, let's not let's let's get to a conclusion because I don't necessarily know what the conclusion mm-hmm. is. So should we go all the way back to like how Brooks appearing on the scene of Vicky's life? Yes, Brooks's reputation precedes him, where Vicky when she's still with Don, is talking about how someone has come back into her life, this old flame, and this is sort of a a once-in-a-lifetime chance to be with him again, and 
she ends up leaving Don for this guy and this guy ends up being Brooks. And mm-hmm. the first time he sort of trotted out at the reunion, a bit like Louis and Teresa actually, Andy's like, so has anyone met Brooks before? And Tamara's like, yeah, he's a great guy. And you just think, ooh, what a roller coaster ride we're in for. It's also a bit Tom D'Agostino, isn't it? That it's like someone who's sort of been around the peripheries in such a lot mm. for such a long time that it just something smells off from the beginning. Even just his way of speaking and his southern genteel drawl, there's just something not quite right in the sauce with that one. It gives me the skeevies right from the off. Completely. Is the first big red flag this evil eye argument that he has with Tamara at I the end of season maybe seven? Maybe it's the first big blow up, but there's just like, there's something even just like you're saying about the way he speaks, but that whole season, it's weird. The whole sort of you deserve to be treated like a princess thing with Vicky from the beginning comes off as quite it's sort of coercive by encouraging her that she is often wronged and that she isn't mm-hmm. treated right by everyone else. And the thing is, Vicky is yeah. very <laughs> much the kind of person who is quick to believe that she is wronged or right. is treated well. So it's like mm-hmm. a terrible combination. And from the beginning, and I know a lot of relationships start like this, so I'm it's not necessarily particular to them, but she becomes even more annoying than normal by their relationship and this weird little girly mm-hmm. again it does remind me of Ramona or something but the slight sort of school girly thing of putting on it's strange for someone who takes such pride in being very like strong and headstrong and smart and front-footed and this whole sort of like mm, I don't know everything's very like well I just I I just need someone to look after me and I just you bought yeah. me this present and like oh everything is mm-hmm. so wishy-washy and I just does something weird to me and it's the thing that we were saying last week about alexis being a yes person in the way that everyone needs a yes person who will confirm all of vicky's needs and wants and confirm her worldview brooks can do that in sort of the wrong way it's very clear what vicky wants out of a relationship and the things that she needs to hear and what don hasn't given her so brooks comes in with the advantageous position of filling in those blanks he's filled her love tank She's riding high on love. She's fully digmatized and he's been rewarded in turn with getting his rotted teeth redone. Yes, yeah. She's pouring a lot of money into his lifestyle. There's like rumblings of ex-girlfriends and Tamara, of course, is putting in the work and digging in her claws. She knows that she's onto something with this Brooks character. So she's sort of pulling that thread every chance she gets, which then drives a wedge between Vicky and Tamara. And then the one moment I really want to talk about is the season eight reunion where Brianna Brianna comes on and really dukes it out with well, So Brooks. should we talk about the evil eye thing first? Because that happens first, doesn't it? All right. Yeah. Okay. yeah. The, the, but you're right that the evil eye argument is a big shift because it's... I think you just put it really well, well when you said Tamara's pulling at threads. Potentially, like with the evil eye thing, when Tamara's sort of saying, no, I wasn't, but she, she kind of was pulling a face or whatever. But it's good that she pulls yeah. at those threads because she is right. It's like, it's a bit like Maddie on the traitors. It's like, she's not necessarily right for the right reasons, but she is right. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a good, Tamara's very unafraid to go head to head with Brooks. And it's one of those weird situations where even at that point, I think even if you find him a bit uncomfortable, he's not a very good fighter. He's not gonna, it's not like when David gets in Vicky's face at that disco party or whatever. Right. It almost seems to annoy Tamara more that he's very quick to retreat and very quick to take Vicky with him and to sort of make Tamara look 
like the bad guy. But obviously it prompts this like huge response from Vicky and this very clear line in the sand that she comes with Brooks and you're supposed to be my sister, my friend, my soulmate. It happens but once a year, Vicky's demon voice. I love it. uh, We think that whole season we're not going to get it and then... At the last minute, the very last chance we get, we get her demon voice. And it, and she does a great build one as well, where it's like, he doesn't tell me what to think! <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Stop letting him tell you what to think! Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't tell me right. what to think! <laughs> um, uh, it's very good. Uh, but yes, and that leads to this season eight. Um, well, like, like I would say, I just can't believe that the show didn't address it more. It's slightly sort of... Mm-hmm buried in a reunion this thing that brianna so openly coming out and you know she said that she doesn't like him from the start but to say tell everyone what you said to my husband Mm -hmm. you told my husband to start beating me to keep me in line Mm -hmm. and brooks admits that he said it i was drunk and angry and yes i'm sorry i said that it's very forrest gump you're (laughs) you're (laughs) Your Brooks. And I want to say that life yeah, is yeah. like a box of chocolates. <laughs> and you never know what you're going to get, Brianna. And I am sorry for that. You hear me? Um, but it does. And it feels like that moment lasts for an eternity where it cuts to every single housewife squirming. Even Andy's going, oh. Well, also, when Heather's like, wait, you said that? You said They're like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think they're thinking Brianna's going to say it and he's going to be like, no, I didn't say that and it's going to be an argument or whatever. Mm-hmm. But he's so quickly, is just like, mm-hmm. I did, I'm drunk, I shouldn't be punished forever for the things I've said. And they're all a bit like, hang on, <laughs> go back, what? Because you're, <laughs> it's it so flips the scripts on a reunion because even though they're ostensibly meant to give some finality or some closure to discussions, you never really think, short of something being caught on camera, that you're going to get a definitive answer to something and you just think it's going to be what she said and he yes. said and the truth is somewhere in the middle. So I think everyone is really, the rug is pulled out from under them that they've actually gotten a revelation of this magnitude, much less that it's about a topic that is so weighty and uncomfortable and crosses that line yes. into the dark underbelly of the real housewives that we get from time to time. And yeah, you end that reunion going, well, Vicky's got to break up with him and they kind of do and she's crying and everyone's huddling around them and you think all right well that's it then we're probably never going to see Brooks again is that the one where he says goodbye and walks up off the stairs and it's yeah it's yeah a whole sort yeah, of public breakup yeah, walks up the, <laughs> like he's like ascending to the heavy side layer end of cats everyone's like oh, 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 <laughs> yeah, <that's> exactly. <laughs> he is the chosen one and we never see Brooks again <laughs> yeah or so we think and then he's still around I mean I actually had to skip season nine i know that you carried on with it so maybe you could refresh my memory does he keep pretty much a low profile in season yeah nine? season nine is just a lot of broken up but we're still talking and like they go for that dinner where she's asking if he's seeing other people and he sort of is like yeah i'm seeing other people i'm seeing other people or whatever and it's just so weird he's just there's something nah. um there's the whole thing of him being seen out with the porn model girl oh that's thingy's friend laurie's laurie's friend friend. laurie's Laurie's daughter's daughter's friend friend, yeah Yeah. and 
but it's it's, it's such an orange county exactly thing. it's all but it's all like a background rumbling of oh one of my favorite scenes is when lydia has the salsa party and brooks mm-hmm. turns up Actually, interestingly, because Terry Dubrow says to, invites him, and Heather and Terry are very pro-Brooks, which is interesting Mm -hmm. considering that that's after that reunion. No, Lydia's season eight, so that's Lydia... That reunion is Lydia's season. Season nine is when Shannon joins. Do you mean Lizzie? Oh, no, I'm talking about season eight. Okay, well, the thing I just wanted to talk about was when they're having to do the salsa thing where they have to swap partner Mm -hmm. going round and everyone that has to dance with Brooks is just like the most uncomfortable they could possibly be. (laughs) And he's a terrible dancer and he's also turned up in like a a striped shirt and jeans and cogs or whatever. Anyway, and there's this bit where he's dancing with Tamara and he's like howling in her face. He's laughing so hard and it's so uncomfortable oh. as if it's just like we're having the best time uh, and we're so bad at yeah. this and Tamara's just like oh. and it's just like that uh, family friend that you don't want to get stuck talking to or whatever and it's like you can yeah. smell his breath when you're watching it oh that made me feel quite season sick. nine uh did I skip season nine maybe I did I did skip a lot of oh, season nine hell? because I wanted just... to jump to the good stuff this whole cancer storyline is so airtight. It's not even the whole season. You can literally no, pick up no, season 10 it's halfway mad. through. And then it just goes at a breakneck speed all the way to the end of the reunion. It's only it's like eight episodes. Yeah. And this whole storyline, I have to say, is yet another masterclass from Tamra in the art of producing and driving a storyline. Yes. Once you're clued into her bag of tricks, it is very funny watching Tamra operate so blatantly and in plain sight, but it is impressive. And on this occasion, it's probably safe to say that Tamara clearly thought Brooks was faking cancer, but she's also smart enough to know that if she puts that out into the ether and he actually does have it, she's going to look fucking dreadful. So what do you do? You pay a medium to come on camera and say it for you. It's such an innovative... So good. (laughs) ...stroke of genius. I'm getting it's blurry. It's... I'm... Are you saying he doesn't have cancer? Maybe. Is that what you're saying? Maybe. I'm just, I I just don't see it. I'm not saying he doesn't have it. I I just don't see it. And that's another clever thing. She's clearly coached him to say whatever he needs to say to get it out there. But it's worded in a way that is intentionally vague. Yeah. But it still plants the seed of doubt without saying it outright. And then relying on someone younger and greener and more reckless like Megan King Edmonds to just take that little grain and run with it and wreak havoc. It's so Tamara to have another housewife do her dirty work for her. And every time Megan brings it up, it just cuts to a talking head of Tamara being like, oh, shucks, I don't want Megan to talk about the fact that Brooks might be faking cancer for emotional and financial gain. But oh, it's just going to cause a lot of drama. (laughs) Oh, And it's like, she's so fucking sneaky, Tamara. I bloody love it. Ah. Well, you also, there's this interesting thread that Shannon is so fiercely loyal to vicky through all of this and i'm with shannon that i do think she gets sort of shat on in the whole situation by it's that classic thing of the person who's sort of most careful about something or the kindest about it you're just smelling your armpit to check yeah (laughs) (laughs) thanks for outing me um that's all right and uh they end up being (laughs) (laughs) my soulmate my sister (laughs) um that lunch with Vicky, where Vicky's like, you're never, you're not going to stop, are you? You're never going to stop. And it's, it basically says, 
what should be aimed at Megan, really. Right. But at Shannon. Which I do get, actually. I get both sides. I do get the hurt that Vicky, even though Shannon is the one who stuck with her to the bitter end until it became an embarrassing position to take and she was ignoring the blatant truth. Yeah. I get how that one hurts the most. And that feels like the biggest betrayal. There's nothing lost with Megan. Yeah. It's about whether Vicky knows, I guess, or not. Because if Vicky does know or suspect, then... I understand if you genuinely didn't know why it would hurt the most for your friends to start doubting as well. But yeah, Vicky really does harangue Shannon on that double date that they have. Yeah. Just for giving her a little heads up. That At that point, it's uh, Shannon's yeah. very clear about saying, I think it's disgusting the things that Megan's been saying. I'm completely on your side. But the way that Vicky yells at her, it's Megan better put on her suit of armor because Vicky is livid. And... I mean, like, Vicky livid, like, screaming on the side of a mountaintop in full ski garb about how she's never yeah. had sex with multiple partners <clears throat> livid. She goes into full DEFCON 1 meltdown yeah. at <laughs> Heather's building site luncheon. And side note, following our discussion last time, can you imagine if Alexis were to pull a stunt like this, where Heather trots this group of women virtually at gunpoint around a building site pointing at random bits of drywall <laughs> and going, okay, so this will be the maid's room. This will be the luggage room. This is where the heated towels will go. It's the tackiest display of wealth I've ever seen Come on, on the show. <laughs> yeah. Keep up. Is everybody here? Mm. Oh. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, Vicky, Vicky's dressed for the occasion. She's kind of in haughty, self-righteous, Midwestern church lady cosplay yeah, yeah. right now. <laughs> Which is what she does when she's being particularly hypocritical. She's just berating Megan from across the table, yelling about how she's going to go to hell. And she's like, shame on you, Megan. It's none of your flipping business. We should be raising our hands to the sky and praising <laughs> Jesus in his name that Brooks beats this cancer. And then Megan goes, um, Vicky, Christianity has nothing to do with this. And then Vicky, <laughs> Vicky then bellows in her best feels above voice. She's like, of course it does. <laughs> 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 I'd be nailed to the cross like Jesus. She's so funny. And it's just this hilarious combo of opposites of Vicky, who famously hates the new girl, especially if they're young and pretty and they don't work. And here's this Miss 30 year old telling her that she's a bitter old woman. And Vicky's clutching her pearls tighter and tighter. And I, I, I have to keep going back to this. It's so ballsy of Megan to do this at Vicky. And this is at this point in the season after she's found out that her mother has died on camera. Lest we forget, this season was meant to be Vicky's yeah. hero season. Totally. The optics of it at this point look terrible. And I just don't think Vicky or even the audience thought that Megan would win this war. She looks like another entry in the parade of one season wonders on OC. And I think feel like production intentionally misguides us into thinking that which makes it all the more narratively satisfying you know so we have vicky this businesswoman who thought she was dealing with another oc bimbo and what actually unfolds is this david and goliath-esque yeah yeah <laughs> legend where megan devotes her mind body and soul to getting to the bottom of this whole cancer scam and she does not take her foot off of vicky's neck for the entire back half of the season oh my god nancy drew highlights include when Terry and Heather are doing their TV spot on their new product and Megan immediately picks up on the name of the drug, of the ingredient and is like, hmm, 
that's what Brooks said he was being treated with. Mm-hmm. It's like a Netflix drama. It's so well done that it's like she picks it out out of one of sort of 20 ingredients that pop up on a screen. <laughs> right. And then like is able to kind of... And even the way that they're just like sat on the sofa watching it, it's not... Even, I, I just think it's extraordinary. It's incredible. Moments, the way yeah. that... And of course, things like when Tamara's reading the printed off results and all the... There's no spaces between the yeah. words. And yeah. something as small as that where... And they try and make a joke of it a bit where she's like, oh, I thought that was one ingredient. And they're like, well, no, no, obviously there's like... There's something's gone wrong with the spacing. Excuse me. I was getting so, it was like the jinx. I was getting so excited yeah. they started to burn. <laughs> Imagine if they caught Vicky in the bathroom at the reunion just being like, what, am I, what do they do? She what does do it all the time anyway. I know. Like, <laughs> um, no, it's incredible how thorough she is. She phoned up Brooks's doctor pretending to be a cancer patient to see if he treats cancer. She tracked down Brooks's ex-girlfriends via a friend she has in Tennessee after she saw a comment that they made on a blog denouncing Brooks. She called Newport Imaging to see if they do PET scans and then phoned them up again because she thought of more questions after the first call. And at that point, she's only met Brooks twice. And it literally gets to the point where she's so well prepared that whenever Brooks and Vicky produce a new bit of evidence refuting a claim that Megan has made, Megan's already three steps ahead. And yeah. she'll be like, well, I actually looked into that and Newport Imaging stopped doing PET scans for non-Hodgkin's lymphoma in 2008. She she really is playing chess while everyone else is playing checkers. <laughs> and it's also this strange, her cause is this strange combination of having this deep personal connection to cancer because she's nursing Jim's ex-wife, Leanne, who currently has cancer. It's a combination of that, but also her just being incredibly bored and having a shit ton of time on her hands. It seems like all she does all day is film the show and look after Leanne. So it makes sense why the cancer scam consumed her every waking moment yeah. to the extent that she is kind of treating it as like a moral crusade. That well, she I was going to say, but if you start something like that, you must have to because she has yeah. to be right. Yeah, <laughs> you're sort of committed completely. Yeah, It gets to the point where everyone even though after the medium reveals that bit of information tamra and heather and megan all kind of are receptive to it it's only really shannon who outright shuts it down Mm. but even in at that point everyone on the show has a moment with megan where they say okay we hear you we see you we respect your convictions but now i think you need to drop it And every single time, even if it's her husband, regardless of the tactic they're using, you see Megan's eyes narrow and her lips purse and her resolve hardens even further. Mm. And once again, I think the benefit of hindsight has cast Megan as the hero of this story. But if you were to watch this for the first time, not knowing whether or not Brooks truly has cancer, Megan's behavior comes across as completely unhinged. It's fucking nuts. We need to imagine for a second an alternate universe in which Brooks, God forbid, actually had cancer and Megan just hounds him for an entire season. And then at the reunion, we find out Brooks actually has cancer or God forbid took a turn for the worst. Brooks would be a martyr and Megan would be villainized and remembered in the Housewives archives forever as one of the most notorious one season wonders ever. But do you think, I know, but I guess the point is that if he did very quickly each thing she looked into would be showing that it wasn't a lie. And once you start to 
unravel things that aren't true, it must harden your resolve because you must think, no, I'm not going to be this person who looks like I've just made a random accusation. Yeah. I guess the reason for not thinking that she's like mad for carrying on going would be that you would never carry on going unless you were getting results that meant that clearly things weren't adding up. It's this combo of her really working through the weeds and looking at every single detail, but she also really raises her cause onto this pedestal as this lofty thing of like, I'm a lover of knowledge and knowledge is power. It's like she's Minerva and... (laughs) It's not just about Brooks. It's not just about cancer. It's a moral crusade for knowledge and justice and finding the truth. I mean, we've she's done some post-show shenanigans where I do think she's very intense. And we see bits of that throughout her time on the show that aren't to do with this cancer scam. Yeah. She's very committed to everything she does, like as a stepmother, as a cancer activist, as a warrior for truth and justice. She is determined. <laughs> she kind of makes very... Even with the people that she meets, she tends to form very extreme opinions about them, good or bad, from the beginning. And then they then snowball into full-blown feuds or whatever. I really admire that. And maybe that is like a youth thing where she doesn't care how she looks. She has no problem not going to visit Vicky in the hospital the next season because she gets into that sand dune accident. She's like, well, I'm not her friend. So, you know, (laughs) that's that. And I have to kind of, I have to respect that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm -hmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Can we talk a bit about Vicky and how it drives her absolutely insane? Yes. I just think it's worth repeating again that this is a season in which Vicky finds out that her mother has died and she... This is what I'm confused about, is if Vicky was in on it and she was doing it because she wanted a casserole and she wanted love and attention, why would she do it in this season? She was sailing along just fine. She had all the sympathy that she needed. No, but she didn't until halfway through the season. And I guess by then you're committed. Like they came into the season oh, I guess wanting you're right. the yeah, sympathy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, and it must have, look, I think I can believe that she wasn't sure. And A, your instinct if you love someone is probably not to doubt them on things yeah. like that. And yes, I think she's clever enough to think like, well, this is going to make them all feel really bad that they Mm. have made me feel so bad for my choices. Ultimately in life, we all just want to be validated for our choices. I've been thinking about this a lot recently, how much it's like so often we're looking for the external validation of someone saying, yes, you made a good choice. Yes, I think your your choices have been good. And Vicky's just not got that at all. She's had seasons of everyone she loves around her and her family being like, I think this is fundamentally a bad choice. Mm -hmm. So I think that there must have been a sense of vindication 
of, well, don't you all feel bad now because this man's really sick. And also with something like cancer, it's like the word is so weighty and is so Mm -hmm. huge that it's Mm -hmm. like, I don't think she'd have necessarily thought that much beyond the word and what it means of like, Brooks has cancer. Mm-hmm. rather than if someone was like had a I'm trying to think like my ex has like a heart condition that's about like five words long and takes a lot of explaining to someone or whatever it's a very different umbrella when it's like cancer yeah so I think that that was the want for the casserole the want for people to feel bad and to to kind of bask in the glow of sympathy and comfort mm-hmm. was in that beginning now obviously that then happened with one of the most controversial scenes on any housewives franchise ever where vicky finds out on camera that her mum has passed away and it's so difficult to watch and so it's a bit like um taylor's breakdown in the back of that limo those things where yeah. it's like it's such an a rare glimpse into someone's like complete uh, like total humanness because how often do we catch on camera that level of emotion happening yeah. So she has that sympathy. I wonder if by that point there was some doubt as to where Brooks was at with his, whether it had gone or whether... In Vicky's mind. Yeah. I don't think that I believe that she came into the season being like, let's pretend that you have cancer. Yeah. But I do think that she buried her head in the sand about a lot of things where... I mean, she admits this, doesn't she? That it wasn't adding up. Right. And just choosing not to face that. Like I said, she really digs her own grave, especially in the reunion, with maintaining this misplaced, unrequited loyalty to Brooks. Mm. And it's very clear by that point that Brooks has no moral compass. And in his sit-down with Andy... Oh my God, it's so... His sit down with Andy is like in a murder mystery when someone's been pretending to be delightful and then they get accused of the murder and they're like, you can't mean me. And then the detective says one more thing and then they're like, I always fucking hated my husband or whatever. And like this like evil side comes out. It was like he just didn't care anymore. And he just sat there and was so vile (laughs) and so clearly was like, you're never going to see me again. Yeah. I'm not going to get in contact with Terry (laughs) Dubro. Like, Megan can fuck off. Yeah. Like, it's just... Brooks, it was... anything to say to Megan? Fuck off. <gasps> <laughs> just... So funny. Dead man walking. Yeah. And he sells Vicky down the river every chance he gets. It's, oh, my God. If there's another lie, that's something that's not adding up. He's like, that would be Vicky. Yeah. <laughs> Again. And even then, it would really behoove Vicky to pay brooks back but she doesn't and the other women continually try and give vicky an out and suggest that maybe he has something on her or he's been manipulative or abusive and she's quick to shoot all of that down and that really is vicky's tragic flaw that she's too proud to admit that she was either duped by brooks and is maybe more naive than she thought and she's also too proud to admit that brooks was a less than stellar partner and those are the only two avenues to absolution Mm. she has at this point and she doggedly sticks her heels in whilst also screaming that she's innocent and didn't know anything it's sort of that bethany frankel thing of you can't play dumb and smart at the same time it has to be Mm. one or the other you can't have your cake and eat it can we talk a bit about the baptism yeah what happens at the baptism well it's a testament to tamra's producer instincts again maybe i'm giving her too much credit just that i like to think at the beginning of the season tamra thought I don't think Brooks has cancer, so I'm going to engineer this whole thing 
to reveal that Brooks is faking it and that Vicky's in on it. And I'm going to have, I'm also going to decide that I'm going to become a born again Christian so that for the reunion party, it can be a baptism and everyone's in white and it's all religious. Oh, and it's course, just going to be a perfect course. setting because I know Vicky so well and I know that she's going to go on another religious tear and it will culminate in her being like, this is the work of the devil. I'm being nailed on the cross like Jesus was. Oh, she's so absolutely good. exploiting Vicky's Jesus complex meltdown. It's a tour de force performance that Vicky gives at this baptism where she starts, she, even at the beginning, when the gospel choir is singing as Tamara's slowly <laughs> lowered into the swimming pool, Vicky's like raising her hands and vibing <laughs> to the gospel choir. She did they're really taking her to church. She ends the whole night by crying to Pastor Mike by saying that she wants to be in heaven with her mother. That random woman, Rhonda, is clocking in and putting in the work for an orange. She's giving a full cringy level performance of random side characters starting shit for no reason. And then she ends in the limo being like, I'm leaving. I'm going to another party with positive people who believe in Jesus. And also Shannon gets a bit of plastic stuck in her butt. It's great. <laughs> It's the perfect end. <laughs> yeah. Do you have anything to say about the baptism or do you want to just talk about the reunion No, quickly? no, I just want to talk about the reunion. Although potentially I was thinking a bit about the Aries party as well. Oh, and yeah. just at that point, I think that's the point at which I think Vicky is really digging her heels in where I don't believe that she was sure and... It's interesting. I suppose you have to. I suppose if someone's accusing your partner of lying about cancer, even if you're not sure, you have to go in as hard as she does. But of course, it's difficult to watch that with the hindsight of knowing that he didn't have it and watch her defend him in the way that she does. Watching her then in the reunion. There are those things that don't add up. And I really am with Heather on that thing where she's like, what does he have on you? Because you're too smart for this it can't be this wishy-washy like maybe i had a vague hint because you actively told us things that like you had a book of like all of his medical right um not just his medical profiles and records and things like that but all of his appointments and all of his that you (sighs) were like running his and did you just kind of like the idea of telling everyone that this was your new job yeah it was like bruce's cancer thing where you weren't really Or did you kind of know that this doesn't match up? Yeah. And it's the same with the whole chemo thing. And did you ever see him get chemo? And even I was struggling because at the reunion, when the women are kind of being like, did you see the needle go in? I was thinking, yeah, you can't just rock up to a hospital and go into the waiting room and then like to the nurse when they're about to do it, be like, by the way, I don't have cancer. So don't, can you just (laughs) inject water or whatever? Like... In my head, I was like, look, if he was like in the room where people are getting chemo, why would you have any reason to doubt that? But even Mm -hmm. that story changes down the line to being like, she just dropped him off at the hospital rather than she was like sat outside the waiting room. Right. Everything shifts because she's not able to stick with any one of those things because everyone is constantly going to hold her feet to the fire and being like, but you can't do that. You can't go into Mm -hmm. a chemo room and then not get chemo. Like... A doctor would have been like, you're not registered here. <laughs> you don't have chemo. <laughs> so get out. Yeah. So then her story has to change again. And it's like, it's like she doesn't want to admit that the story, it's like, the truth often is that it was quite obvious that something was up. Mm-hmm. In which case she does have to have more accountability because it's like willingly not knowing. You do think that's what, that Vicky has been willfully ignorant. Yeah. Yes, willfully ignorant. Because you think there's like having a vague idea. Like there's there's being like, 
I'm terrified that like the odd thing hasn't matched up. The level, mm. if you're living with someone the way that they were, the level she must have seen that didn't match up yeah. would take a lot of willful ignorance Yeah, to stick with as it went on. We should also say with Vicky, it's very sad, but I think she has a very low self-esteem. I think when Slade called her Miss Piggy and she goes into the Bunko party and she's like, I'm sorry, I'm not as pretty as other and and i think it really hits a nerve with her even though it's funny that she starts every season with a brand new face i think it does belie a deep sense of insecurity in her Mm. appearance and her success in relationships and this fear of being alone and i think there was probably a lot of terror that if vicky were to start questioning the bleeding obvious that Brooks would leave her. And I think that is a very strong motive for Vicky personally to turn a blind eye again and again and again. So is it kind of a hubris thing? Because when you add Brianna into the mix, we're talking this is such an extreme level. When it's like been admitted that your partner advised your daughter's husband to hit her and Mm -hmm. they actively loathe each other. And then on top of it, you have the willful ignorance of all of this stuff not matching up. All of this, I could I could see Vicky as the victim, but I guess the hubris is her constant insistence, like you say, that she would never be taken advantage of and that she's an incredibly smart woman and that she's like, no, he thinks I'm the most beautiful person ever or whatever, actually is what is the barrier to sympathising with Vicky. Completely, yeah. It's an arrogance, weirdly, yeah. that you're right, probably masks like such a deep insecurity that's actually quite painful but it's so frustrating i think there's also a hubris that she thinks that the cameras aren't picking up on it as well so that yeah brianna that showdown that she has with her in oklahoma where brianna refuses to stay at her house because she's moved brooks in and she's going to stay at a hotel vicky goes to an immediate 10 of ripping off her mic losing her shit doing bravo bravo Mm. bravo and it really belies a sense of unease that she has at this point that if there's the slightest whiff that she and Brooks aren't getting a favourable narrative, then she's going to completely shut down the production. She fully went into Oklahoma thinking this is going to be a lovely little storyline for her where she goes to the zoo with Brianna and they pet goats with the kids and and it's just going to be lovely. And just that fascinating thing of watching her through the latter half of season 10 where she's white knuckling her way through this the season Mm. desperately trying to maintain face while the actual truth is growing and metastasizing and taking up more and more space in her world and she knows it and she's freaking out more and more she's getting more and more claustrophobic and she has nowhere else to push Mm. which then culminates in this reunion where she's completely pilled out and (laughs) As, See, I, <laughs> as when you say it like that I feel quite bad for her but I don't feel bad for her when I'm watching it I do feel bad for her there's a real I do just think Vicky's I don't think Vicky's stupid but I do think she's naive I think she's naive in romantic relationships and I think she is slightly naive in friendships and I do feel bad for her even knowing how it ends and knowing that she on some level is complicit in this scam watching her desperately try and put out each fire and then relying on Tamara and saying look as my friend can you please defend me I'm going to show you the CT scan we didn't want to do this Mm. and Tamara's like yeah I'll have your back and then immediately throws Vicky (laughs) under the bus as soon as she shows it to Heather and and Megan as she should because it's clearly faked but there's a real hurt and there's a real trust that Vicky has put into Tamara that is completely squandered 
I don't know. I think maybe it just speaks to my affection for Vicky, despite her being a very morally questionable person where there is a childlikeness to her. I think Vicky's one of those people that could end up... You know when those scams where someone gets in like a long distance relationship with someone over the phone and then they say that their kid is sick and then you have to transfer them loads of money and then... Oh my God, completely. Yeah. Vicky, Vicky would be catfished in a heartbeat. I'm surprised it hasn't happened already. I just want to talk about at the reunion when Shannon pulls out because she Shannon never gets to see the PET scan during the filming. Yeah. Considering that Shannon is normally such a ball of nervous energy and neuroses and she can barely string out a sentence when it's very emotionally heightened. She really puts on her lawyer hat and presents the shit out of this evidence. So she does incredible prop work, whips out exhibits A, B and C that she's got tucked behind her cushion. And she explains it in such clear, concise detail of like, this is what a CAT scan from Newport Imaging looks like. (laughs) A very good Shannon James. <laughs> Thank you. Up here, what did she She says? It's like, up here, it says service date, not date of exam. Here, it's signed, re-signed, and proofread. You know? And it's that, the specificity of it yeah. makes such great TV. I will now forever know that CT scans from Newport Imaging say date of exam and not service date, or whichever <laughs> one it is, you know? And then we just continue to have this hilarious dynamic between Vicky and Megan back and forth where Vicky's so melodramatic and Megan is so pragmatic where we constantly get Vicky going, I lost my mother and no one knows what that's like. And then Megan going, yeah, but Vicky, losing a parent doesn't make you lie about things. Or her being like, (laughs) I'm not going to hell. I'm going to heaven. I've been saved by Jesus. And then, yeah, but Vicky, if this were an SAT question, I would answer that you're going to hell. It's just so... (laughs) (laughs) This is very good. Uh... (laughs) Yeah. Do you have anything else? No, I guess just to say it's quite impressive. Vicky's claw back from it. She so quickly just wants everyone to move on. And I guess she knows, like we've talked about with so many of these housewives, that if she can't get back in, then she's going to be stuck filming on her own, which only works for like her one intro package of being like, as if she's the only person to have ever lived alone ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like of her making a sort of ready meal for one with like really oh, yeah. a, like bright over lighting on. And yeah. it's like nighttime outside and she's sort of having her post-work glass of wine and it's just <laughs> miserable. It's like, you can only do that once. Now I need other people to film with. Right, right. And in a way, like, nothing better could have happened for Vicky than the sand dune accident. And it's just yeah. like, thank God, to the point that I'm sorry, but I watch it and I think Vicky sees that opportunity to be, to be honest, oh, uh, I'm sorry, but I'm putting out that I think Vicky sees any opportunity to be a victim in situations like that for it to be really dramatic. And that is such a moment of, I would be a Heather in a situation like that. And on the whole, I kind of think all four of them could have reacted like Heather of being like, whoa, that was a big shock. That was scary. Yeah. That could have been really bad. Yeah. I don't think it's a surprise that Vicky and Tamara are the ones who just like basically play dead <laughs> and then get like airlifted out. And it's like, and yet neither of them have anything wrong. Vicky wears Vicky's- that neck brace for like a month so- afterwards. Vicky's acting like that viral clip of, you know, the woman doing the news report, doing the grape stomping and then she falls out. Yeah, yeah. Yes. 
except that woman looks more injured than Vicky. Like, right. Vicky... Even when Vicky's own daughter is saying she's faking it. <laughs> Literally. When they all come to visit and she's like, oh, and she like can't move her neck <laughs> and she's being like, oh, oh, whatever. And I'm like, take that shit off. You're yeah. fine. It's been like a week. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure it was a shock. But the most realistic, like when Heather and Kelly are just having the beer afterwards and being like, that was really bad. That's the level that it's at. All of this stuff about like, and Tamara's whole like, I could have killed everyone. And she's like sobbing about how like they didn't go and visit Vicky in the hospital. And she was all on her own. And it's like, she, and also just that thing of like a week later being like, I'm still concussed. I'm like, that's not, I don't think that's how concussion I don't works. Think it works like, like that, no. And I just think Vicky capitalizes so much on that thing of going, everyone's my friend again, because everyone's yeah. visiting me. And I totally get how pissed off Shannon is about that. When they're like, are you annoyed because Vicky's the victim suddenly? And Shannon's like, no, mm-hmm. I'm like, yes. And I would yeah. be too. Yeah. Yeah. But then it's all that thing we always talk about of how long can you as a human being be annoyed they have with to move the sto- without yeah, yeah totally and uh but yeah what an exit for brooks yeah it's it, it really is the golden era of oc that kind of stretch of seasons and um yeah i look back on it very fondly and i this is why we do this podcast it's great getting a chance to dive back into housewives history and Relive these crazy storylines that will never happen again. You couldn't write, you couldn't make it up. I do just love as well all of these, and maybe this is all relationships, but all these men where they're like, he's just the best person I've ever met in my life, and he fills up my love tank, and he's gorgeous or whatever. And then Brooke Sayers walks in, and you're just like, him? Like, surely there must be grafters in the OC wanting to get on television who are hotter than Brooks. Like, yeah. <laughs> like where are the Eddies? They should all be able to get an Eddie. And I don't even like Eddie particularly. I find him a bit... Eddie gets that treatment as well, though, when at first Hammer's like, I'm dating this new guy. And then they make a point of intentionally not showing his face. And then it turns up and it's Eddie, who is attractive, but is like the wettest fart of a human being. Just has no (laughs) stage presence whatsoever. Oh, it never ceases to get a cackle out of me. Men suck. (laughs) And on that's that note, end. that's shall the I take us out? statement of the Brooks. It really is, episode. yeah. It's the real yeah. thread throughout every Housewives storyline. Exactly. Thanks for joining us this week on the Housewives Archives. Make sure to click subscribe so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, we would really appreciate a rating, or if you'd simply tell your friends about the show, that would help us out too. Thanks for joining, and we'll see you next time. Bye. I can't believe we forgot to talk about when. <laughs> when they ask Vicky what her best body part is and she says, I don't know, ask Brooks. And he's like, without a doubt, her vagina. <laughs>